Hello and welcome back to our podcast, The Prosecco Sessions, a weekly podcast discussing a host of topics over a glass of fizz or two. and welcome back to the Prosecco Sessions. We've enjoyed a lovely break for a few weeks and we're back and more motivated than ever. So unless you've been living under a rock, then you'll know that during the last few weeks, one of the most watched TV shows has started up again. Yes, that's right. Love Island is back. And it's safe to say that all three of us are addicted. In this episode, we've decided to discuss the lessons that we've learned from Love Island this year. So even if you aren't watching it, then we think there's a lot to be learned from the half-naked guys and girls on the island. So let's get started. Let's start from the beginning here. So in Love Island, the very first thing that happens is that you have, say, five girls, five boys going into the island. And depending on what series it is, one set have to line up and one by one, the people of the opposite sex come out and they kind of go through a little, you've got to step forward if you fancy the person, um, so that selections can take place and coupling up. So I found it quite horrifying to begin with that, you know, people would couple up just based on looks and that you would stand there in a line and be judged for how attractive you are to the opposite sex. But Mm. it did really get me thinking about, is it all just based on looks? And do you girls have a type? Because they go on about, on paper, this person's perfect (laughs) for me because they have this type. And that's how they end up doing the first selections. Yeah. For me, I know full well, I just do not have a type in terms of looks. That's never really been something that has been a massive priority to me if somebody is nice or they're funny or they're just like a generally good person then that to me is so much more attractive than anything else and every single one of my previous boyfriends has looked completely different so that is proof enough that I just don't have a type I think on the show one of the things that made that so clear was when they did their compatibility test they all thought that they knew what they wanted but every single one of them got it wrong. I don't think one person got their compatibility test right. I think if all of us did compatibility tests, then we would be shocked by what we think is our type versus, you know, who we actually are spending time with or who we have been with in the past. Yeah, I suppose from my point of view, I I remember when we did our very first episode and we did it on internet dating. And Mm. I, I said that I would correspond with people have little chats and feel like I had really got to know someone and then meeting them in person for the first time was a whole different ball game and quite often I'd be like I love chatting to you but there's just nothing there when we stand in front of each other yeah so I thought I had a type but then looking back at previous relationships they all are very very different so I don't think I have a type looks wise maybe personality wise I like someone that's funny yeah that's quite common what's what's a relationship without some laughter anyway I think that's my type on on paper I guess <laughs> <laughs> but but looks wise I don't know it is a bit of a mixed bag but then should you really judge a book by its cover because I mean I found Adam on Love Island um all the girls think he's the most attractive 
as his personalities come out, I find him less and less attractive. Oh, he's hideous. He's just yeah. absolutely disgusting. And I'm amazed that people didn't realise that to begin with. I think that he comes across that way completely. And if somebody thinks that that is their type, then I'm concerned for them. And I feel like they haven't been raised very well. Because yeah. why would somebody actually believe that, that that is a good person that they could potentially be with? I, I don't know. I just think that you can't really say that you have a type because if you do and you're single, you're limiting yourself so much to a certain type of person, which means that you're not exploring the amazing selection of other people that might be right in front of you. And that's just so stupid. What, if, Especially if you want to find someone and you really want to find love, then why would you base it entirely on looks or a certain personality trait and then completely banish the idea of being with anyone else it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah I suppose from my point of view so if you'd asked me like 10-15 years ago if I had a type I would have said yes I've got a type and then when you look at the people that I actually dated since then they weren't to my type and so I started to think well I don't have a type then Um, and it wasn't necessarily looks although looks was a part of it if you if you said to me what's your type I'd say I love dark hair I love like nice eyes that sort of thing but I suppose that's pre-standard but actually the person that I'm with now is closest to the type that I would have said 15 years ago and none of my previous relationships worked out and I feel the best in the relationship that I'm in now so I'm starting to wonder whether by going against type and like I say it's more than just looks it's personality there's a whole number of traits that go into it of things that personally I found find attractive inside and out but he Mm. kind of ticks all the boxes for me so I don't know going by the love island thing on paper he's the right man for me (laughs) in real life in real life we're together so that's a fluke in some ways though I mean I think that that's amazing and I'm so happy that you're in that situation but at the same time that is a rarity I know a lot of girls that have gone for what they think their type is and because they put so much pressure on it because they're like oh yeah he's my type or whatever or or more to the point you know if you're not in a heterosexual relationship she's my type you know then it's not necessarily always going to work out because you put your hopes on that because they are what you think you want. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just a big believer in being a bit more open-minded. And I guess in some ways, some people on Love Island are being like that because some of them are sort of saying, look, I'm happy to get to know anyone. But one of the first questions that people seem to ask each other on the show is, what is your type? And I just Mm -hmm. think, you know, they're so narrow-minded in some ways. There's so many more things you could look for Um, And also, if you're genuinely looking for love and you're going on a TV show like that, then actually not having a type is probably your best chance. Yes, I do think there is an element of um, what your type is in regards to looks. Like, that is the first thing you tend to see when you're dating someone or, or looking to date someone is how they look. So you might not have a type per se, but you have to be obviously physically attracted to them on some level. You might really have a thing for red-headed people um, and you're going to be more drawn to them but then it doesn't mean that someone with blonde hair or brown hair or something isn't going to sort of float your boat. In terms of attraction though because I get what you mean like that initial attraction to get you interested in someone to want to find out more about them that doesn't mean that 
looks are the be-all and end-all because once you get behind that physical attractiveness, what you find can either be really good or it can be Adam from Love Island. Um, (laughs) But sorry, not that I'm bitter on behalf of all of the women on the show so far. All women ever. (laughs) All women ever that have met an Adam ever. Um, Do you find that you become more attractive to someone as you get to know them sometimes? Oh, 100%. As in, not even, no questions asked there at all. I normally find that I'm a bit reserved with whoever I first go on a date with. Um, And then that always grows over time. If it doesn't, then it fizzles out kind of thing. It's always a case of those things grow. And I think that's why people should give people a chance. I think, you know, we've touched on it briefly, but you absolutely should not judge a book by its cover. You should look at things in a a way that is the most sensible, really. I know that makes dating sound really boring, but actually, if you just look at somebody and you think, that's not for me, then actually you could be missing out completely. I don't know. Do you think you should jump to conclusions and judge somebody based on how they look kind of in a negative way? So in the sense of that's not for me and then you banish them and you kind of don't want anything to do with them? I've in the past been like, oh my God, he's ridiculously attractive and automatically assumed they're going to be a total asshole. Like yes. Adam. Yeah, yeah. Like... Or, that, or that they're just going to be so attractive to other people that it's kind of intimidating. Or they're just really arrogant about it, like, yeah, I know I'm really hot and, like, you're not really that important to me, I can have any girl I like. That's that's what I automatically think to those sorts of blokes. Whereas, yeah. like, someone that you might think, oh, they're all right, you know, they're, they're not, like, the most stunning person. When you get to know them, you might be like, oh, my God, they're really hot. <laughs> yeah. Because they've got such a wicked personality i think the clearest example of this is in um alex's situation most of the girls that have gone in there have kind of implied that he's not for them because he is not six foot four dark hair dark eyes you know tanned he is so good looking he has got a really good body it's just not a literal greek god which to be honest if i was with somebody that was like that I think I would find it really weird and Alex is a good guy and I actually am so disappointed I shout at the tv every single time I watch it because (laughs) I'm like girls you are kidding yourself do you think your relationships with any of these other guys would actually work out no probably not and all you're doing is you're judging a book by its cover and actually in a sense that that's stupid. That's so stupid. Uh, I don't know. With Jack, I, though, don't you think? Like, yeah, definitely. He's not a, a complete Adonis or whatever. But I actually personally find Jack the most attractive in the house because I know. of his personality. I really do fancy him. Yeah, <laughs> See, no, he's a grower, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he was the one that when I first looked at him, I went, "Oh my god, all I can see is those teeth." <laughs> uh, just because they were so white and I just thought yeah. oh, I'd never be able to get over that but it's it's right because he's just the way he's conducted himself so far and the way he treats Danny is just so sweet and yeah, you think so sweet. he's just being quite vulnerable in it I think yeah and also he has been honest and that's what I think is the most attractive thing about him I know that yeah. sounds really you know old-fashioned or whatever but he is treat he's being true to himself and I really really like that about him he doesn't seem like he's playing a game and yeah that might be boring to watch for some people if you're going to watch that and all you want is drama but actually these are real people's lives and 
I, I think it's really admirable and lovely that he is being true to himself. Um, and I, I think shame on all of us for judging him for how he looked when he first came in. Yeah. Because actually, you can see how happy Danny is, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, all Aww. of us look like, oh, Danny, so cute. <laughs> I can't remember what it was he said, but he said something about her being his girlfriend. And he said, yeah. I, I just said it and didn't think of it. And I was like, that's what every girl wants. <laughs> yeah, I just okay. love that he keeps saying, oh, you're a salt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess this kind of leads on to then, would it actually be easier in real life if we all got coupled up in this Love Island style where you just kind of meet somebody and then you go, yeah, you're for me. And then you move on and you go, you kind of stick with each other. Do you think that life would actually work that way? It just reminds me of old fashioned marriage. Like there was no such thing as divorce. So you yeah. had to be stuck with that person. So I don't know. I don't know that it would be easier. Yeah, I think it would be a lot easier to start dating someone because, you know, I'm quite an introverted person and throughout my whole life I've I've always been like well I don't want to have to admit my feelings first because that makes me vulnerable and what if they go oh my god I don't feel the same way so there's always that do they don't they mm. and that can go on for months so what if they're a massive dick and you're like well, great I'm stuck with you now <laughs> see see this is the thing I don't think it necessarily means that you have to stick with that person for all time but I think it would certainly be a lot bloodier easier if people just admit who they fancy yeah and you have the option of getting together (laughs) i guess the one thing that would be quite good about it is that it would avoid all of that oh do they like me do they not like me all that sort of stressing and anxiety and sort of playing around and playing the field in some ways because you would just go yeah you're nice i like you and they go yeah you're nice i like you right okay let's do this You, you talk about being timid laura but if people had to do that and that was the kind of normal in inverted commas way of dating then i think people would be a bit more confident because they'd be like right well that's what i want so i'm gonna go after that does that make sense yeah i think there's always the uh fear that you're gonna be the one like alex that no one steps forward for yeah and that's gonna be quite gutting yeah true and I think it, he's taken it quite well, though. I think he has, but I also feel really, really bad for Samira. Yeah, oh, yeah. and I think yeah. I think I don't know if it's that the majority of people that watch this show are females, and therefore they feel sorry for Alex because they're like, "Oh, but he's so lovely and he's a nice yeah. guy." And but people forget about poor Samira. She hasn't yeah. found the person that she's looking for. And I suppose going back to the whole type thing, it's quite wound me up this year that everyone has this set type and it's either blonde hair, blue eyes or tall, dark and handsome. Or, yeah. Or the really offensive thing that I've found, and I, I don't know, I don't know whether I'm getting offended for other people and shouldn't, but people keep going on about my type is mixed race. Yeah. Like, what are you on about? It's- I'm like, how is that? I don't understand how these are definitions of types. I, I, To be fair, I'm just confused. But maybe at the same time there, Laura, that's because we don't think we have specific types. You know, is that that different from saying, I like gingers? Well, you know, it, it, it's, an, it's a clearly identifiable thing about a person and it's narrow-minded and that's 
safe to say it's very narrow-minded to think of things that way but that's maybe something that some people are like yeah that's what I want for a person but it, it goes back to my point about the fact that why would you isolate a whole huge selection of people just based on one factor it doesn't make sense to me I feel like Samira is not getting a good shot because it is all based on looks and she's she's not been of... defined as anyone's as anyone's type and I yeah. think that's awful she's a woman of color and she's kind of not being fairly represented I don't think yeah, because yeah. everyone's got yeah. their niches yeah that's so true I hadn't thought about it that way and actually if they're not defining a woman of color as their type then actually the producers need to be a little bit fairer and bring in people that are kind of either more open-minded or that that is their type yeah I hadn't thought about that I do feel like there's a great underrepresentation because yeah let's be honest I I mean I have now watched season 2 which I binge watched on Netflix highly recommend it um, <laughs> was ill at home got through it in a couple of days and then <laughs> but then I got really confused because I'd also started watching this season and there were there were a number of them from season two that I started getting confused with people from this series. And they, <laughs> they looked so similar. Well, um, basically what it is, is that they're all models and people that, you know, Instagram are supposedly, stars. yeah, pristine condition and all of those sorts of things. And that is where the whole question of would it be easier if we coupled up Love Island style is actually not very realistic because the reason why the reason why it works on this is because they are all quite a similar type of person in terms of their physique in terms of their jobs well apart from dr alex of course but you know <laughs> that that's maybe one of the reasons why it works in that setting but equally one of the things I would say is that there's been so much criticism, especially from women, about the fact that all of the girls on there are stick thin. And there's no more kind of realistic body types on there. And that makes total sense. And that's, in a sense, why it wouldn't actually be easier if we all coupled up Love Island style. Because would you have a whole selection of people who are not the stereotype of handsome or pretty that wouldn't then be coupled up with anyone? No, because I think it would be easier for the people that were less confident and that did find people of that mm. type attractive to actually say, yeah, I find you attractive. And Yeah, no, true. Um, because you, you look at things online. I mean, people get so much abuse. So when the couple aren't of the same body type, things blow up where someone has posted a picture on Instagram of themselves in a bikini with their boyfriend and the boyfriend happens to be muscly and the girl happens to be on the curvier side and they get so much abuse for oh my god what does he see in you uh, all of this negative criticism and they have to kind of defend themselves and their boyfriends have to defend it and say i love her she floats my boat she is exactly what i'm looking for don't tell me what my type is and it's kind of predetermined in Love Island that okay we're just going to get in a group of Donis men and a group of bikini clad women that will sit around in a bikini all day happily and never have a 
anything more than a concave stomach and that doesn't reflect real life and that doesn't reflect people coupling up in real life it's not that everyone would stand in a row and go well I want the six foot tall supermodel because that's not how it works in real life yeah no I think you're so right I think if we had to all stand in a line and be picked based on our look and that does also bring in the judging someone based on how they look then yes it would be easier in a lot of ways but it also would be weird (laughs) very weird I wouldn't participate I'd be like nope not doing this goodbye (laughs) bye Felicia I suppose this (laughs) I I suppose this brings us quite neatly on to the subject of Hayley I think she was quite quite right to not necessarily just jump in bed, so to speak, with the first boy that picked her or the, yeah. that she picked. Um, because she said, no, I want to take time to get to know someone. That's not a bad thing. And when you actually put some of those couples together that, again, Love Island style, on paper, you'd go, Haley and Charlie, they're made for each other. And I actually tweeted out and said, they are made for each other. I don't know if that's a good thing, um, but they seem very compatible. And then you look what happened with them. There was just no chemistry whatsoever. He was more expectant, I think, that because he was attractive, she'd just immediately be into him. And she was like, no, there's no spark here, so screw it. I think in real life, you would take a little bit more time and... Sometimes that comes down to wanting to take things slowly. Sometimes that comes down to basically not being able to spend every waking moment with a person. So you naturally do take things a little bit slower. I thought that Haley was a bit of a twat, I'm not going to lie. But that is separate from whether I agree with her taking things slowly or not. I think it's difficult when you're in a scenario like Love Island where you've got eight weeks to basically impress the general public. And people are being impressed in terms of whether they like the relationship and the romantic side of the things that they're seeing. And basically, if she wants to take her time, Love Island actually isn't the right scenario for people to actually take their time because the people at home want to see the evolution of relationships in a quicker and you know more gossipy type way mm, yeah they want I... to see you in love in like two days <laughs> yeah but i i kind of disagree on that one because okay part of the excitement is knowing that someone hasn't found what they're looking for and that they're sending new people in so for yeah. me it's oh my god are they gonna find someone and let's not forget that what Haley did was a more blatant version of what Samira's done. In that Samira yeah. hasn't found her person, but because she's not been actively chased and it's not been such a game with her, and because Haley's kind of been a bit more open to the coupling up and playing the game of it, then it's been a lot harsher on her, I think. Yeah. I, I was I, a really I agree. big I was a really big critic of Haley and most of it was due to some of the stupid things that she came out with that made me just cringe as a woman because I was like you're not doing us a favor but yeah I I feel like because she was a little bit harder pill to swallow than Samira is Samira is just a nice girl Haley's one that's more of all of the boys types but was holding out I think she's got a lot of stick for that and I actually have grown to kind of appreciate her and think actually 
that's that's not a bad thing. You shouldn't feel pressured just because you look a certain way to have to, like I say, jump into bed with the first person. If it doesn't feel right to you, that's absolutely fine. You you it is okay to hold out and think I haven't found the right person yet. I'm gonna wait. In some ways, I think she maybe could have given a little bit more, but I felt like because people were snogging each other's faces off, she was a bit like, wait, I don't want to do that. I feel like in Love Island, it's almost like a little microclimate of relationships in that everything happens very speeded up. And so it's kind of hard to sometimes reconcile the fact that What's going on in there is happening over a day as opposed to over a month, which is kind of the the time scale that things would happen in real life. But I find it so interesting how it amplifies what happens in our own relationships, which was kind of the reason why we decided to talk about this topic. So one of the things for me that I've really picked up from, from watching the show is how silly little disagreements can escalate really quickly and I think it happens on a a bigger scale in Love Island but it's certainly something that I've recognized that's happened in my own relationships and thought shit that's something I can really learn from like I can recognize some of these signs and how things are going south and really don't need to. Do you girls feel the same about that? I think Obviously, because they're in a house 24-7 together, things, little things are going to get niggly because in like real life, you'd just be like, right, I'm off out for a bit. Can I go shopping or whatever? Whereas they can't, they're just kind of stuck together. Mm, they and, can't escape. And in like a new relationship, you wouldn't spend that much time with someone. So I think that's why things escalate so quickly. And also it's like the amount of time they're seeing each other is a lot more than you would see someone over the course of like a month, say. So I think that's why their relationships also kind of escalate as well. And that's why these little arguments are coming up. But I think although it kind of happens in that scenario in Love Island, in that it's happening because they're around each other all, all the time, I think it does kind of reflect what happens with relationships in real life. So to give you a couple of examples, going on holiday together for the first time. I was just thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) And also moving in together. That can be a real make it or break it for relationships because you very quickly realise that you're in each other's pockets a lot more than you were. And, And that's what I meant by like how Love Island kind of is like a speeded up version of an actual relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I I know what you mean there. I like to take things um, a lot slower and don't want to rush into big decisions or anything. Um, And so I know that when I've spent too much time with somebody or when I, not too much time, but maybe I've spent quite a consistent amount of time with somebody, I need my own space. And actually I think that because they don't have their own space really to escape, that it's just blowing things out of proportion and people are getting aggy with each other. But also, you know, we all need to take into consideration the fact that different days you feel completely different. And God, I mean, if if I was feeling really rubbish, then I probably would snap at somebody. And if they're in my face all the time, then they're going to be my first target. Spending that amount of time with somebody isn't actually that healthy. 
So that's why in real life you wouldn't do it anyway, apart from on holiday. And by the end of it, some people would want to kill each other. (laughs) For me, it was watching it and seeing some of the arguments and how they kind of progress. And I thought, I've been there in real life, where something starts off as a minor thing, but it pushes your button on the wrong day and you snap. And then the other person takes it badly. And suddenly it's like a cacophony of things going wrong. Yeah. So that by the end of it, you can't actually remember what you were arguing about. It's just you don't know how to get out of that process. And that's something I've definitely seen on Love Island. They're basically screaming at each other. And the people around are kind of going, calm down, guys. It's like a blanket (laughs) or a cheese toasty. I mean, like I say, I've been binge watching season two. And there was a massive argument over one person cutting up another's cheese toasty in a way that they didn't like (laughs) and I think the the difference is that in the house they've got people around observing it and able to say to them calm down mate it's a cheese toasty like she was just doing it to be nice (laughs) yeah I think what happens here though is that because they're in such a limited time period of being there it means that people end the scenarios that they're in or the relationships that they're in a lot quicker than maybe you would do and if you were in the real world then you would probably want to try and reconcile those things if you felt like there was some potential but because it's such a throwaway culture in here you're basically just going yeah we've had a mess up or we've had an argument I just don't want anything to do with that anymore but then equally on the other side one thing that has definitely taught me is that um, it is actually okay to admit it and to address it when things aren't working And I think that quite often we will just ignore it and we'll just kind of go, oh, we'll just brush that under the carpet. But actually, because of the limited amount of time that they have in there, they are being a little bit more headstrong. What do you think? I think it's good. Like, I agree with you. I think in real life, you would just be like, oh, well, that might get better. They might change that attitude or something like that. But in the the villa, they're like, right, fresh meat. I'm done with you. I don't like this yeah. about you. Let's yeah. find somebody else. I observed them having these big arguments and I was thinking, oh, you know, they're really blowing this out of proportion. Is there something there? The fact that they've got all of their friends around to help them resolve it, that's something I've kind of learned. And I know that we kind of open up to each other a lot more these days, um, mm. the three of us, in terms of what's going on in our relationships. Whereas, For years, I would never tell anyone anything that was going on in my relationships because I was kind of embarrassed about it. And I was like, oh, you don't you don't admit if you're going through a problem or a rocky patch because you you just get through it and put a united front on and say everything's okay, It's rosy until it's not. But actually having the support of people around you who can give you good, solid advice and just have that kind of impartial view of things to tell you when something is a cheese toasty and when something is actually this is really wrong in your relationship is really helpful and it's something I don't think that on the outside world we we possibly do enough. I I think that in this situation, in the real world, we're too worried to say something sometimes, depending on how close you are with that person, because once you've said something, you can't take it back. And if you know how strongly somebody feels about somebody or you know that this is a much more complicated situation than just giving your opinion quickly and then leaving it at that, then actually it does mess things up a bit. 
again, because they're only there for eight weeks and some of them won't ever speak to each other again after they've left, it does mean that I think they can afford to be a little bit more, I don't know, just just say what they think. But don't you think that, like, in real life, we could all afford to do a bit better for... Yes, I do. And and I think it very much depends on the type of relationship you have with somebody. So with you guys, we are all quite honest and quite blunt, but in a very kind of healthy and constructive way. Um, You know, we talk all day, every day, and we obviously have to give each other opinions on stuff. But I think also it comes with age that we are being a lot more as I say constructive rather than critical um and I think that yeah it's okay to admit when things aren't working out in your relationship but I think that when it comes to your friends relating to that it just gets a bit messy sometimes yeah I think there's definitely a difference between going getting people's honest opinions on things and benefiting from their life experience and them saying looking from the outside in this is how it looks to me yeah there's a difference between that and the friends that you sometimes have that just want to be in your corner and box as hard as anything and like if anyone does anything that's vaguely wrong or upsets you then they're going to be like he's completely in the wrong he's a bastard blah 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 you don't need that you sometimes need people that are impartial and can actually go yeah okay hun you're kind of overreacting to this this is a normal thing that happens in relationships and actually again it is such an age thing it's such an age thing because I have found that when I've had issues in the past the people that I have gone to have normally been the types of people where I have felt that actually they are really going to look at it from a kind of devil's advocate kind of way they're gonna look at it in one way and then they're going to equally look at it from the completely opposing side and that is how I try to be now I don't want to just say what I think somebody wants to hear because I might get it completely wrong and actually it's a lot easier to sort of just be there I always say to some of my friends I'm not always looking for an answer or a solution. I'm just looking for a shoulder. And actually, that's maybe how things should be in Love Island a little bit more. But equally, I think both are good. So we have absolutely loved talking about Love Island, mainly because we talk about it most of the day in our WhatsApp chat. And we are finally getting to talk about it on the podcast and share it with all of you guys. Um, If you think that you've learned anything else that we haven't spoken about, then please do let us know. Get in touch with us on Twitter or through our email address. And we would love to hear from you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do rate and subscribe. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Cheers! You have been listening to the Prosecco Sessions with me, Kat Raymond, and co-hosts Pippa Artis and Laura Chambers. If you love it, sub it! And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to rate it five stars and share so others can find it. Thank you so much for listening and tune in to our next episode. Music